0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning, good afternoon, whatever the case may be, wherever you are, happen to be right now. It's nine o'clock straight up here in Los Angeles. Noon back east in New York, and uh, as I said, wherever you are in between, you are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next thirty minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, "Ask the Vets" with Dr. Jeff. And the keywords there are live call-in show. We want to hear from you. A number of easy ways to join us here on Pet Life Radio's "Ask the Vets" with me, Dr. Jeff, and that is number one: give us a call 877 eight seven seven three eight five eight 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 two. Once again. 877 You can also send me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Thirdly, go onto the website. Maybe you're listening to us live right now on the website, Pet Life Radio, and you go ahead and scroll down to the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and there is going to be a Google Hangouts link. So if you're sitting in front of your computer, as I am, and you have a camera, as I do, You'll be able to see us and join us right here live, have your pet with you. If you have any questions, anything you want to ask, just let me know. I will uh, either be able to answer now as we speak or um, I will get you an answer. And you can also, if you are shy, if you are embarrassed to join us here live, don't know why, then you can always send me emails to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com and they will be forwarded to me and we will answer them and I will answer you back. And most likely I will share your question. Of course, you can remain anonymous and uh, so everybody can learn. And that's, what, you know, that's one great thing about a show like this is that I guarantee that any question that you have, any problem that you have, there are others out there with the same problem. And so when by answering just you, one person, I'm actually answering hundreds of people because that's exactly what it's like. We see this, you know, after doing this for a number of years, and I'm in my 33rd year of practice is that there's relatively nothing really new under the sun, you know, as, as written in Ecclesiastes. I mean, these are things that we see, again, and uh, it allows us to, to sort of help you quicker, faster. I mean, I've gotten phone calls before, and the client thinks whatever is going on is so weird. And, and one sentence later, I'll finish it for her, the sentence, and tell her exactly what's going on. It's like, how did you know? I said, how do I know? Because I've seen it a zillion times before. And the funny thing is, uh, when, when people are calling about certain things, they always start off the same, especially if it's something that they think is embarrassing. It's like they don't want to mention it, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and finish it for them. But it's, it's the same thing. There are so many things that you're going to be thinking about that are problems for you that trust me, are problems for other people as well. To, uh, we're here thanks to our sponsors, Brevecto uh, Flea Products by Merck. It is my new favorite. One chewable tasty pill is good for three months of protection for fleas antics also save this life microchip i have a cute little story about a microchip we're going to talk about it in just a minute that appeared in the avma smart brief and uh also ProSense pet products and of course more than a cone out of the folks at kong veterinary products raising awareness of animal wellness through the arts and um those group, they put on great events and raise a lot of money for animal wellness animal welfare and um, i'm glad to uh, be a partner with them as well So once again, we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving coming up just a few days away, some precautions, some warnings about pet safety when it comes to Thanksgiving. Also, as I said, I'd like to um, peruse, if you will, some of the the media stuff that I get. And there is a um, a couple of things. First of all, I thought this was funny. I'm sure that you have had dogs in the past. I know I have that have eaten some pretty weird things. And uh, for example... I had a dog come in and took an x-ray because they could not find these two AA batteries. Now, there are lots of things on an x-ray that come out pretty clear, but there is not much clearer than two batteries sitting in the stomach. Clearly not a good thing to have in the stomach, not a good thing to have in the body because of uh, the, the potential for toxicity and severe irritation. You don't really want to chew on a battery. The good news was this dog did not chew on the battery, which was very good news. This dog obviously just, Swallow them whole because you can see whole batteries, which was uh, <laughs> very, very uh, comical, if you will. But uh, we need to get those out. Anyway, this guy's dog ate two hundred and fifty dollars in cash, cash money. And he didn't quite get to the dog in enough time. So when you have a dog that eats something, swallows something and you don't get to pull it out of their mouth. You're going to have to watch carefully within anywhere from, you know, 24 hours uh, to maybe three days, depending on what it is, where it is, maybe even less than 24 or 12 hours sometimes. And you have to kind of look for it. I actually found one of my kids' necklaces coming out the other end of a dog. So they're not very discerning when it comes to what they're going to put in their mouths. So 250 bucks, But apparently, because of the digestive juices and stuff, even though the bills were whole, by the time they came out, they were clearly somewhat digested in a sense that there was an attempt, of course, by the body, and they were rendered mutilated. Well, this guy went to a Federal Reserve office or a bank or whatever, and actually, because they were able to see the serial numbers, that they replaced his 250 bucks in cash. So he was, you know, ready to, to, to I don't know what he was going to do with the dog, but anyway, he's a lot more careful with his money now, I'll tell you that. You know, you're always worried when you have cash sitting around that your kids are going to take it. Your wife's going to take it. Right. But you don't think your dog is going to eat it. So uh, anyway, this dog did, but he got his money back. There was a little article I saw about nature versus nurture. And I've had this discussion with my clients before and with other people. We get on the subject matter of what it would be like to clone your pet. Think about your favorite dog, your favorite cat, your favorite whatever. And spending that insane amount of money to clone the pet. Are you going to get your same pet? And the answer, clearly by most experts, I am not one expert, but I certainly have the same answer as they do. And the answer is absolutely not. There is so much that goes into shaping. You would have to exactly mimic everything you did from the time when that dog you were trying to replace or that pet you're trying to replace and clone that the exact same stuff you did in the exact same environment in the exact same, exact same, exact same to have a chance at creating the truly the same pet. We are so shaped by prior experiences. Just ask any psychologist. So it would be insane to think that by cloning a pet, you're going to end up with the same pet. So my recommendation is, and, and then let's think of something else. How many of you have had pets in the past and they pass And of course, as a pet lover that you are, you will replace it. You will get another pet or pets down the road. I have many at home. And there are always, there's always something I can't, I would have a very difficult time to say that pet so-and-so was the, by far, the best pet ever. Because when I think of different characteristics, different traits, different experiences I've had with my subsequent animals, there are so many that I look at. Now I have, for example, I'm sure I've talked about it before, My older, oldest dog now, I have five, is Grover. Grover is a black Labrador who, if he makes it to March, a few months away, he's going to be 16. Now, that's amazing for a Labrador. The oldest lab, and I've had labs for over 40 years. My first lab, obviously, I grew up with dogs, but my first personal, very own dog was 1972. That was the year I graduated high school, went off to college, and I took my brand new puppy Labrador with me. His name was Thor. Thor was amazing. He was, first of all, stunning. He was 100 and something pounds. By the time he was full grown, had that gorgeous square head. I mean, he was a magnificent dog, truly a traffic stopper. People would stop me all the time. If I couldn't take him to class with me, literally in a lecture hall, he would sit outside a building, sit by a tree and wait for me to come out amongst the the hordes of people coming out of these buildings. Because this was Berkeley in the early 70s and very, very popular school. So he would wait for me. I mean, it was the best thing to have. And for the, many of those reasons, I would say, oh, my God, he's one of my favorite. But then I had, you know, Woody after that, Woodrow. And, and he was one of my favorite, you know. And Woody lived to 13 plus. He little over 13 years and three months. And I've had, as I said, countless dogs, Labradors, other breeds, of course. I've had, I had Corgi. I had now my French Bulldogs but and a Labradoodle. But I got to tell you, to have a, a lab who you know rarely make it this long, hit fifteen. 15 and a half, almost 16. I'm just amazed. He's phenomenal. So my recommendation, don't even think about cloning. Go adopt another one, and I guarantee you will have some amazing things to say about these as well in the future. In the Bay Area, be careful if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, but this is just a message for anybody. Unless you are a true, true, I don't know whether it would be called a a horticulturist or certainly a mushroom expert, because I've seen charts, and I'm sure you have too, of Edible and versus poisonous mushrooms. And I got to tell you, to me, the non-trained eye, they look exactly the same, many of them. And how do you know? I had a friend who was into mushrooms. She was able to tell the differences. I'm not taking any chances. Well, there is a mushroom uh, that is, is prevalent right now in Northern California, in the Bay Area, near San Francisco, called the death cap mushroom. It is very, very toxic, liver damage, causing death, thus the name death cap mushrooms. And they, they're seen to grow on hilltops, near oak trees, and also areas where it gets very foggy. So if you have dogs that like to munch on things on their walks and you are walking near mushrooms, do yourself a favor, do your dog a favor, do your veterinarian a favor, and don't let them eat them because we never really know what is going to be toxic and what is not. The other thing to report, there's a new drug on the market. It is a antifungal drug for cats. It's an itraconazole solution. It's called Itrafungal. And I like itraconazole. It's one of my favorite antifungals. Very safe, safer than some of the others out there. And it's just been FDA approved for cats. Basically, it, uh, it's, um, it attacks microsporum, which probably, uh, I mean, maybe 98% of the ringworm infections are because of microsporum. So it's really a, a, an excellent drug if you have cats. If, you have, uh, if your cats have ringworm, speak to your veterinarian about the new itrafungal. This was I, I mentioned earlier about the microchips and one of our sponsors, Save This Life Microchip. I read this story. I thought it was really great. A woman loses her dog, somehow gets out of the backyard in Texas. She's got the notes. She's got the signs. She's call, contacting all the veterinarians. Nothing. Four years later, four years later, she gets a call from a shelter in Las Vegas, Nevada. And guess what? They have her dog. All because of the microchip. And here's what's the important thing. She kept her information on the microchip current. So even though if you have a lost dog that has not been found at a shelter, not shown up dead somewhere, don't give up hope. Keep your registration active. Make sure that your phone number address is current and you never know four years later, oh, a thousand miles away. I think that's really, really cool. And lastly, um, just to give you some, I don't know, concerning news, but there is, there are a number of mosquitoes, hundreds of species of mosquitoes and one is called aegypti. This is a mosquito that we know carries a lot of organisms. And guess what? The uh, researchers at Colorado State University Veterinary School studying this, they found that this A. aegypti mosquito can actually carry chicken virus and Zika virus at the same time. And with one bite, the saliva uh, passed down by this mosquito into a person can give them both diseases. So... Be careful out there. If you're going to be hiking, if you're going to be around mosquitoes, do yourselves a favor. Use something to uh, protect yourselves because these things can be very, very dangerous. And that, I mean, you don't want either one of them alone, let alone in combination. Anyway, don't go away. We're going to write back. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about a story. Of just one of my cases this week that floored me. And uh, when you talk about don't judge a book by its cover, a perfect example of that. We'll be right back afterward. Short word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks. So trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense Joint Care Products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups, and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today, your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life, love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, and welcome back. You we are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask with Dr. Jeff. And um, the, uh, before the break, I had mentioned um, something, about a case I had this week that was, you know, it's interesting. When you do anything for a long time and you know, there's not, no replacement for experience, no substitute, as they say, for experience. And um, so you sort of get skewed sometimes because you see something again and again and again and you know what it is based on your, the odds. I mean, basically, when, when we're dealing with a, a presentation, the look and feel of something, an eye problem, you kind of already know without even doing a test because of your experience. But, but you always have to remember, there's never say never, there's never an always. You got to avoid the absolute. So even though you're pretty sure, you're 90% sure, 99% sure, you still should follow up, do the testing. Of course, talk to the owner, let them have the odds, et cetera. So I saw a case, Twixie. Trixie was a nine-year-old Cocker Spaniel owned by a couple that thought they were going to breed her at one point. Long story short, she never was bred, but she was never spayed. And that's a potential danger right there. And sure enough, she presented, oh, several months back with a small little nodule in one of her mammary glands. I said to him, look, it didn't feel aggressive. It was movable. I could feel it. I said, you know what? We need to watch this. What I'd like to do is spay her. When we spay her, we'll remove this little nodule. Well, months and months go by. I don't see Twixie at all. And they come in to have me look at what was now several huge masses along the mammary chain, both sides. And, you know, again, so now I have a nine-year-old dog, masses along the mammary chain, both sides. And I'm thinking, this is mammary cancer. If I were a betting person, and I'm not, but if I were, I would say this is mammary cancer and we're screwed. So I say, look, they wanted to do everything they can. I told them, well, first thing we need to do is evaluate some of the parts of the body where mammary cancers will typically metastasize spread to, notably liver and lungs. So we do a little ultrasound of the liver. I do an x-ray of the lungs and everything was clean. So we give them the options. Look, we do have a nine-year-old dog. We have to check her out. We take bloods. Bloods are okay. Well, we got to do the surgery. So we went in, we do a spay. We surgically excise four major mammary glands and a lymph node. And we send everything off for biopsy. And based on the surgery, based on the look and the feel of these masses, I'm giving them a, a very guarded prognosis. I we mean, were going to certainly buy our time by getting rid of this stuff. And the fact that it had not yet spread to liver and lungs, that was beneficial. But in the long haul, when it comes to mammary adenocarcinoma, it's still not a good prognosis. P.S. Results come back Friday. Papillary mammary adenoma as opposed to adenocarcinoma carcinoma. What that means is these are benign tumors, and which explains why the liver was clean, the lungs were clean, and everything else inside looked clean. When we spayed her, we checked her out, but these are all benign. Now, we, some of the other mammary chains might get them in the future. We didn't want to over-surgery this poor nine-year-old dog, but that's amazing. So you know, it just goes to show when you are dealing with something And your vet tells you, well, it's most likely this. If I were betting, whatever he or she is going to say, if you can follow up, do the test. And I always say, I don't like when veterinarians do tests to develop their hunches. They need to develop their hunches based on their history, their physical exams, their experience, et cetera. And you use your test to confirm your hunches. Well, in this case, we actually did the testing, the surgery and the biopsy, and it did confirm but not our hunch. It confirmed the better prognosis. I mean, this dog is not going to die, at least at this point, from mammary cancer, which is great. Okay, coming up, last few minutes. Got to talk about Thanksgiving. We mentioned it before. This is the, the prelude to the holidays. Yeah, yeah, we had you know Halloween several weeks ago. And yeah, we talked about chocolate and candies and nuts and raisins and all those things. The door opening and dogs trying to bolt, et cetera, et cetera. But now we're getting into the holidays. We're getting into Bad foods. Tasty for us, but not necessarily good for our pets. We got Thanksgiving coming up. We got Christmas. We got Hanukkah. All these these, these holidays where there is there are people coming in and out. There are gifts. There are candles. There are our are, are foods sitting around uh, the finger foods like the nuts and uh, the mix, the trail mixes and uh, chocolate and things like that. Not to mention for the cats, the ribbons. the And we'll talk more about this as we get close to some of the other holidays uh, in mid late December. But Thanksgiving, avoid turkey bones. Avoid the skin. Avoid ham. It's too fatty. Avoid dark meat turkey. It's too fatty. White turkey breast. It's okay. I prefer you don't feed it from the table because then you end up training your dog to be a beggar. If you're going to have candles lit, make sure you are there in the same room at the same time, especially if you have cats, because cats are intrigued by flame, and they will go up to it, and they will tap it. And you know cats, when they see something new that wasn't there yesterday, the day before, the day before, they have a tendency to want to go up to it and rub up against it. You know how cats are? They love to rub. They, they, like, they, they have their scent glands. They want to leave their scent. Well, if you have something that's not anchored very well, like a candle on a tall candle holder or whatever then you're going to have a candle that's going to be knocked over. So um, between their interest in flame and the fact they want to leave their scent, that also is a problem. As far as other foods, anything that's that's too sweet, too fatty, dogs like, you know, fat actually is something that gives food a lot of taste, especially to a dog. And we worry about things like pancreatitis, gastroenteritis, gastric irritation, and these things should be really serious. And pancreatitis, I mean, I mentioned earlier on about... My first Labrador named Thor, Thor ultimately died at 11, almost 12 years old because of acute necrotizing pancreatitis. And that is, he was the quintessential Labrador garbage hound. And he would get into garbage at every opportunity provided him. And uh, he finally, literally, when you say ate himself to death, not quite that way, but he ate himself to the point where he got his worst case of pancreatitis ever. And because over the years, he had so many cases of it, he was a bad boy. So uh, anyway, ultimately, it, it claimed him. So uh, don't take these things lightly. It's very important to, uh, to keep those foods out of your pet's way. And also, when you have guests coming over, it's, again, it's festive. It's great. It's fun. And your dogs love it. And they love the attention, I'm sure. And a lot of guests love when they see a dog. This is, this is the key. When they see a dog who's they're sitting down at the table and the dog comes over and gives them those sad eyes and puts his head on their lap. And you know, they know that the dog is asking for treats, something. So they look around, make sure no one's looking, and they go ahead and they they break off a little piece of whatever it is and they give it to the dog. And of course, the dog's gonna eat it. So then what happens? That is the reinforcement that dogs thrive on. So now what's gonna happen? Do you think that dog's gonna leave this lap and go someplace else? Heck no! He says, This is great, this guy's fantastic. And he's going to sit there, and he's going to want more and more. And your guests, especially if it's a a kid, oh, my God, they're having a blast too. Guess what? The kids love that when dogs are taking things from them. So very important that you make the appropriate announcements to the powers that be, to your guests, to your people. It will be smarter, if you can, to keep your dogs away from the dinner table, away from the stuff. And when you throw things away, another thing that's often served on Thanksgiving, corn, corn on the cob, it too. This we, we've talked about countless times. This is very, very dangerous. Dogs will, especially if it's halved, you know, you cut into pieces, kind of like edible, holdable pieces. That is the perfect size. A dog will eat that. They will swallow it whole. It goes through the intestine. No problem at the beginning. But then when things get too narrow around the ileocecal junction, it can't make the bend. We have and obstruction. And it's amazing. If you have a good x-ray machine, if your veterinarian has a good x-ray machine, you can actually see the corn cob. I mean, it, it, it's so clear. It's amazing. So we have to be very, very careful. Please be careful with corn cobs as well. And as I said, anything fatty. And if they should get a hold of a turkey bone, they usually eat them their are sharp edges. My feeling is once it's made it through the esophagus into the stomach, don't panic. Don't leave. Just maybe give them other food, things to just kind of coat the sharp edges, but you do not want to make them vomit because the esophagus is not a great place to get cut. It's very hard to treat. It's very hard to do surgery on. You have to go through the thorax, the chest. It's not in the abdomen. And therefore, once it's already in the stomach, the damage, the potential damage has been you know passed. And that is, it's already in the stomach. So if you make them vomit, you run the risk of when that sharp bone is coming up again, it may cut the esophagus. It's not worth it. So, be careful out there. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a good time. Keep uh, your pets safe. And we will be here this time next week. And we'll talk about something. If you want a specific topic, please uh, just send me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Once again, I want to thank our sponsors, Provecto Save This Life, Microchip, ProSense, Pet Products, and, of course, More Than a Cone, Kong Veterinary Products. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. See you next time.